Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. On our show, we give a voice to the women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. I am super excited to have an old friend. Now, she's not old, but she is a friend of many years. Let's just put it that way. Susan Marshan. Now, if those of you who follow me or are listening know me from junior high or high school, you probably knew Susan Marshan as Susan Mishoda. So I'm so happy to have her on the show today and to let her tell her story because every woman has a story and we all too often don't get a chance to tell it. Susan, welcome. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for having me here today. I really appreciate it. I have to tell you, when I have my Southern friends on, people love the podcast. They listen to it again and again and again because of our really, really cute accents. So you're going to get an overload of Southern accent today, folks, and you're going to get an overload of Susan's. So here we are. Why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? Well, so as you said, my name is Susan Mishota Marchand, and I am... um, living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and born in, born in Shreveport, grew up moving back and forth between Texas and Louisiana because my dad, number one, was military, and number two was in the oil and gas industry, and uh, so we moved around a lot as I grew up, every two or three years, and hated it at the time, but what I learned from that was that you have to be adaptable, that there's so many other places to see and explore and that where you are at the time is not necessarily the center of the universe. There's what more a out- great lesson there. Yeah. There's more, <laughs> out, more out there than just what you see, you know, in your own backyard. So um, then I uh, went to um, an all girls high school here in Baton Rouge and uh, then to LSU worked a couple years selling pagers uh, going door to door in heels and pantyhose in the, yeah, in the 1980s and decided that that wasn't for me, that I needed to go back to school. So I did do that and I decided to go to nursing school and get my RN degree. And I worked in the most fabulous and selfless career in the world. And that is the profession of nursing. And I did that for 15 or 16 years. And then uh, learned so much, grew so much, had my children um, during that time. It was a great career for that. And then I had the opportunity to buy into a fitness business, and I did. And it was a way for me to use my knowledge nursing in a different way to um, promote health and fitness and all the things that go along with that through this business. And I, I nursed and did that business for about a year. And then I retired from nursing after about a year. Well, let me, and, let me interject there real quick. Cause I'm going to make this a conversation and I want to unpack a little bit of what you said. Oh. Um, first of all, that is a remarkable journey. Uh, second of all, I remember the eighties in pantyhose and high heels, but let's add to that folks, the muggy 90 degree heat in Louisiana. That alone makes you a wonder woman. You had your tights on and your cape on and <laughs> yes. Walking so I, down South Choctaw. Bulletin. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So for those of you listening who are from there, yeah, you know, you know what she's talking about. 
So I did not know that. I did know you were a nurse and I want to take this opportunity as you did to give a big thank you to the nurses out there, especially in this COVID-19 crisis uh, time in which we're trying to adapt and transition. I also want to say good for you for having the courage to go back to school. Um, Usually once you get a taste of real life, you're like, I don't have time or money or I'm not able or I just don't think I can. And so that in and of itself makes you a Wonder Woman already. And then thirdly, I know that you are just probably one of the most remarkable, the the women I know who are nurses are just really remarkable. Um, These people are giving, they're selfless. They are now in this age for sure, risking their lives just by showing up to work. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for that. But tell me a little more now about this wonderful business that you have. You say you help people with wellness and fitness, but I'm going to say that the kind of work that you do, and I've seen, I've seen your philosophy. We, we are of the same mindset. There's a little bit of Eastern philosophy in all that you do. Um, you must start to take credit and recognize the value of helping mental health as well. When you do what you do for physical fitness, it definitely leads to, you know, a dopamine rush and and some also serotonin and all that good stuff that floods in that helps us maintain our mental health. And I think in this time, the coronavirus crisis, people need that more than ever. So tell us about your business and what you do now. There's no, no question about it that you are correct when it comes to a mental component of um, physical activity, no question about it. Um, I am the co-owner of a business called Yogalotti's and it is, um, we have a studio, I have a, a business partner named Lori Lynn Gibbons Bramer, who many people from Baton Rouge probably also know. And she and I are in business together and we've been in business for, for almost 11 years at this location. And what we do is combine yoga, Pilates, and calisthenics in a heated environment. Our studio is 90 degrees and we um, change, we make up our own routines and we change those every week. And we have a very nice following and we have fantastic members and um, of all sizes, ages, backgrounds, fitness levels, you name it. Um, we, we have those kinds of people walking into the studio and, uh, well, not right now because right, right. close the studio, but, um, and what we have found overwhelmingly is that yes, the physical, um, benefits are enormous, but the mental benefits far outweigh the physical, um, so much is gained from gaining some type of control of your time, your, um, your health, focusing for one hour, just giving that gift to yourself to be present in the moment. We're such a technology driven society and we have Apple watches and iPhones and you know, there's, you've probably just heard my email ding. Um, <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. It off. But we're so, we're so distracted. We're so, um, yeah, just on, on 24 seven. 
intense. It's intense. So I want to say something about what you, you just said. So for those of us who have never heard of yoga lotties, now I have, cause I'm a follower and I love you and I love what you do. And I think you're good at it. Um, but what, how do you combine yoga with Pilates Two of the healthiest body, uh, you know, uh, motions or movements or disciplines actually that you can engage in? How do you combine that? If you were to be a yoga purist, you might come to our studio and say, this isn't yoga. What are they doing? So we've never claimed to be, you know, strictly yoga. We, we take this 2000 year old yoga pose and we, so just, we quote unquote, westernize it. Uh -huh. So in our hour long class, you might see, um, something that is familiar to you from a traditional yoga class, but we maybe put a spin on it and we combine that with, um, you know, squats, lunges, a lot of plank work, some glute work, some belly, isolated ab work. And so we combine all of that. Pilates is, uh, is more small isometric moves versus yoga, which is a lot of poses, whether they're moving or static. And then you add the calisthenics in. And so what a typical class might look like is some breathing and stretching for the first five to 10 minutes. Then we get into some pretty good leg work that gets the testosterone flowing, the blood flowing, your heart rate accelerated. Then we kind of um, slow it down with a yoga pose. We'll go back up, ramp it up. It's, it's kind of like interval. I love training. this. It, I've never heard of this. Kind of, you'll have to take you'll have to take a class, Susan. I'm going to send you um, some videos. So, um, and anybody you know, anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. We just so tell any, everybody. Yeah, anybody can do it. But can yeah. anybody do it? Like, can my body do it? Yeah. <laughs> body can because I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Um, it doesn't matter what the end result of your yoga pose is. What matters is the work you do to get there. So you're working just as hard as someone who appears to be doing it effortlessly, who's been doing this work for 15, 20 years, whatever. You are working just as hard as that person. So, so you're getting the work and that's the goal. It's not to get into the perfect, you know, we call it a tree or a standing T. That's not the goal at all if you if you have that as your goal you're missing the point and it's not what the the work should be it's so it's, it's about the journey yes it's yeah about I love that and the work you do to get there so we try to we try to coach no judging in the studio and we encourage anyone who comes in to not uh, you know we'd like for you to look in the mirror to learn to appreciate what you're looking at what you see and not criticize yourself and then to help you with your form to move forward in your practice. And we just say, do not judge um, at all yourself or anybody else because the work you do to get there is the work and you will accomplish. That's amazing. Let me ask you this. So um, I used to do yoga. I never did Pilates, but I did do yoga and I was a disciplined meditator. All that has been out the window since, you know, I moved my mother here and I haven't engaged in self-care. I am someone who would very much appreciate what you do, even in a virtual environment. 
how are you and your partner handling this um, coronavirus new, new normal? It is definitely a challenge. And, and one of your questions was, uh, you know, what's, what are the most uh, challenging? Your biggest struggle or setback? Yeah. And how are you overcoming it? So th this is definitely it right here. We took one day off after we closed the studio. And I say off, meaning in one day we closed the studio. We gave ourselves the next day to move everybody over to an online platform. And the following day we opened it up to wow. members. And um, it was a very fast paced, crazy time because we had to go through two different software um, platforms to uh, that didn't coordinate or didn't interface. Yeah. In to make this happen and uh, but we did it we did it and it, it it wasn't easy but it was necessary because we wanted to do whatever we could number one to keep our clients engaged number yeah. two keep our staff engaged and number three um, continue doing what we love to do and that allowed us to do that we went through Facebook we we didn't go through zoom because neither Lori Lynn nor I knew anything about it. So we, we knew it had to be quick. So we, we went, we chose Facebook. I will say though, I know for a fact that you have a, a quite a uh, robust following on Facebook. So that is probably the platform of choice for most of your followers anyway. Um, so yeah. whether you knew of Zoom or not, you probably made the right decision. How's that working for you? It's working well. It really is. It is it's it's working well um, specifically we live stream and uh, store a library of workouts on the platform and literally we we moved I don't even know how many 99% of our members existing members over to the platform like I said in a day or two and immediately started getting our instructors involved in live streaming workouts and um, it's evolved since we started five weeks ago and now we are videotaping from our backyards from yeah tiger stadium from nice. yeah just different places to make it more interesting um, and we want to give it a real class feel so we we're just teaching like we would in the studio with our existing instructors and it seems to be um, going well and we're looking forward though to the day when we can go back to the studio because it's just not the same virtual is never the same as being in person but we feel like it's the next best thing and we are getting a lot of great feedback from the we have the most incredible supporters susan it's it's just amazing we've had we have clients who've been with us for 15 20 years working out at the former studio and they're just I just can't say enough about our fantastic uh, staff. Number one, our instructors are amazing and our members are amazing. And it, it makes us want to keep going every day. It, sometimes it's hard to feel motivated and energetic, but, but when you get such great feedback from staff and instructors and um, clients, there's no reason not to. 
I have to say that um, a lot of people are struggling with what is the normal course of events when you are um, relegated to stay at home, you're struggling with this new way of doing business. For those of us who, like you, my best work is done in face-to-face, in-person workshops. So I'm having to learn how to transition the value enough value to charge money for what I do to sustain my business. You know, how do I do that virtually? You have done a uniquely remarkable job in such a short period of time. I mean, if it, look, a woman who can mash up yoga and Pilates can certainly mash up these two, um, you know, software platforms to provide a really great tool for your clients and um, your staff. Both. Uh, I will say this, that I think what you do now through virtual means helps allay some of those fears, concerns, anxieties that people are having from, you know, I'm stuck at home. What do I do? You know, it's really great. I mean, everybody can read a book. Everybody can, you know, it's one thing to watch a, you know, show of, of yoga on TV. It's another to see friends, you know, or people you're accustomed to, or people you know and love and trust pulling you through this. And that is what I see you doing. You're pulling people through this. You're not just helping their physicality, but you're helping them emotionally, um, even intellectually. They all had to learn how to transition to this new way of doing things, right? So another lesson there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it is, I've noticed since we've had the stay at home order for what, four or five weeks now that I'm not nearly as active as I have been and I'm staying in bed longer. I'm, you know, my back hurts, my neck hurts. I'm not as motivated. I'm grumpy, um, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. But when I make myself and sometimes I have to make myself do one of our videos, I feel a hundred percent better. I just feel more normal. It feels more normal. And it helps me get out of this, um, feed these feelings that I know a lot of people are feeling right now, just kind of helpless and, and, uh, no, no real direction. You don't have a schedule that you're the same schedule you're used to having every day, the same routine. And it's, it's very challenging. And, and I, we, we are trying to bring normalcy to everyone's life. I'm going to send you a Harvard business review article that I read recently Um, that honestly, I'm always open, honest, and direct. Some people hate that. I mean, people who know me and love me appreciate it. Good. Yeah. So when you get this, you're going to see that you've already done some of the practices which are recommended in there, but we will never be back to what we knew as normal. So what happens in times like this is the, um, you separate the wheat from the chaff, even in your own brain, um, So what's happened is the people who are innovative and creative and critically thinking about new ways of doing great things, um, they rise to the top with these new ways, which is exactly what you've done. That's not to say that when and if we are allowed to open up our studios and, and, you know, so forth and so on, that we don't do that. Yeah, we're going to do that, but do not let go of all the good that you've done for those who, um, will not be able to engage the way they once did. This is a new, new normal. And I use new twice on purpose. The new normal is working from home. 
the new new normal is what we don't know yet. It is whatever comes out on, you know, I want to say the other side of this, but this is not binary. There's no on off switch. It's not black, white. It's a continuum of adaptation that we will have to engage in on a daily basis. When you told me that y'all, um, do your sessions from Tiger Stadium or you do them outside in the backyard. That's another alternative. You know, that's another way of engaging people. The semiotic of seeing you in your den is one thing, but the next day seeing you in your backyard, that, that engages a different, you know, it makes you excited to come to say, oh, where are we going to be today kind of thing. Right. So you have successfully done what so many are struggling to do. Uh, I want to send you this article um, because we will never be what we were. And I live out in California where we have flattened the curve. We have gone through it, but that is not to be a false sense of security. There will be another wave. What we did well, though, is make sure that our hospital systems could accommodate those who get it. It doesn't prevent, I mean, like staying at home prevents it from spreading. Yes. But it doesn't prevent it 100%. I mean, there are people who are walking around asymptomatic carrying this who are going to get somebody sick and, of course, not mean to. Um, But what happens when we stay at home is they can facilitate those patients. So there'll be some sort of a mashup, if you will. Um, I I keep wanting to say on the other side of this, but there really is another side. side. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you have been uh, uniquely creative in how to manage your own business. Your, I mean, this is how you make your money. This is your livelihood. This is very important to you. So I appreciate the struggle that you're in with trying to keep your business alive, but also still um, trying not to infect people or spread this terrible, terrible virus for which there is not yet a vaccine. Um, So kudos to you. Let me ask you, you are clearly an inspiration to me. I yammer on about you. Um, My husband didn't know you. Uh, He's seen you in church. We used to go to the same church. Um, You had all those beautiful kids. Um, And you and your husband look like beautiful kids still. Um, You're sweet. (laughs) That changes. No, well, I'm clearly evidence of that being true, but you're sweetheart. But uh, look at us. This is how Southern women do it, folks. That's true. (laughs) No, you're beautiful. No, you're beautiful. No, you're beautiful. (laughs) That's exactly right. So let me ask you, who was your inspiration or mentor? Or maybe you had more than one. I don't know. Well, I... I do. I do have more than one, but I've given this a lot of thought. And I have to say that it was not a woman. It was a man. And that was my father. That man was my father. Um, He was a chemical engineer. He was very, very smart. Um, And I'm sure that when I could hardly pass high school geometry, he was not real, you know, fired up about having a daughter who was not uh, very adept at math, but, uh, he was patient with me. He taught me that anything was possible. Anything I set my mind to, he believed and encouraged me proud. He was proud of me no matter what, even when I, you know, I might've made a C in chemistry. Okay. Big deal. He was Girl, still proud of me. I didn't, I couldn't even take chemistry and oh. I can only spell math. So cut <laughs> yourself some slack. We all have different parts of the brain that do things better than others. Yeah, that's right. When I went, went back to nursing school, I had to go back and take college algebra. And 
I was so proud of myself because I've made a B in it. I was that is that a, was, you're a genius in my book. <laughs> accomplishment for me. A B in a math. Oh my goodness. Okay. So my dad just really, you know, he instilled that in me. You you put your mind to it and you can do it. He he always sacrificed a lot for his family. We moved around a lot. He he and my mom moved to Belgium when I was in college. You know, he left his family. He left for his his career. We were grown. It was time. He sacrificed a lot for his family and he taught me how to be professional and um you know, he just he just taught me a whole lot. And my mother, I can say the same for um she is still, my dad's not living anymore, sadly, but my mom is, and she's my best friend. And I've always also tried to, to emulate her. She's a wonderful woman. And let me ask and, you this. Um, your dad was which branch? Uh, he was army. Army. Yeah. So you're an army brat. Well, um, kind of. He, he, my sister was born in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. And then when I was born, my mom was in Shreveport, but he was uh, maybe in Chicago stationed somewhere up there. But, but then he, he, he got out of the service. And then, so I was never, I wasn't raised. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, we are thankful for his service. And mm -hmm. even though he is no longer with us, the work that he did has changed the world. Every person changes the world in the time yes. that they're here. Yes. You know, um, so I, I don't ever forget that. Well, let me ask you this, um, you know, and I know you're all about lifting women. Um, I have men on my show who are allies in our fight for equity, and I love that. But most of my guests are women, and that's because I want um, to shine a light on women who are secure enough to love themselves, own their story, and lift other women and stop this BS competition and start yes. to collaborate. This whole mean girl thing, that's a sign of insecurity. So um, I try to bring women on the show who exhibit collaboration and love for self first and then love of others as well. So tell me, what are your ideas on how maybe women can lift each other? You brought up a really good point about um, competition, it, especially in the industry that we are in, in fitness, Boutique fitness in particular has been a big craze in the last, so let's see, we started it, you know, we, we bought it 11 years ago almost. And since that time, the fitness, the boutique fitness industry, especially in Baton Rouge, and I'm sure all over the country, really, but if you look at Baton Rouge, it's, there's, there's something in, on every corner and in between there are, I think I did a little research. There are 196 gyms or studios in Baton Rouge now. Wow. Yes. It's, it's amazing. There are almost a hundred gyms. There are Pilates, yoga, bar, CrossFit, yoga studios. It's really, there's, there's a huge. Saturated. It's, it's very saturated, which, which deems, uh, which causes competition, I will say, because supposedly only about 18% of the population chooses to exercise, which I find that a little hard to believe. I think it's a little bit more, but anyway, say you have 20% of the population choosing to go to a gym or a fitness studio and you offer 
200 options for the 20,000 people who might be working out. And there you have a very diluted, um, yeah. um, what a uh, industry, very diluted industry. And that breeds competition, which can be a good thing, right? It can keep you on your a game. It can make you look around at your competition and see what's, what else is out there. How do I make this, as good as it needs to be? How do I keep my existing clients? What can I do for them? Because without clients, you, there's nothing. You have to have clients and you have to have, you have to be good at what you do and your best. You have to be your best to stay. Let me just say, you just quoted Peter Drucker and didn't know it, but he said, um, you know, what's the purpose of business? And it stumped men, mostly men back then, all over the globe to answer his question. They were coming up with a, to make money to, you know, um, but the, the purpose of business is to create a customer. So to create a client. So without the client, you have nothing. I also want to say that um, there is something called healthy competition and that's where we get best practices from, but there's also that mean girl competition. That's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. And it, it, it happens a lot here. Um, lot, there are a lot of women who own fitness studios now, which I think is fantastic. It, I think this industry, this growing industry has really allowed more women to get into business and become, become business owners. Like I just said, get into business. However, I do think this industry does breed the unhealthy kind of competition that you mentioned. And it's, it's really disappointing to see. And, and it is, it's a challenge to make an effort. Well, not a challenge for us to make an effort. It's a challenge to come up against, I should to say. Combat, to combat to that. Combat, to combat. But yeah. we well, do- you're, you're being awful sweet. I'm just going to say what you're not saying. Um, those bitches are insecure and that's not okay to behave that way. And look, you are only meant to compete against the woman you were yesterday. The rest of this, you look at someone and you say, she's doing a great job. I'm so happy for her. I lift her up. People want to hear your message. And I'm saying your message that you're speaking through the movement of your body. Okay. So my message comes with verbal and nonverbal. So when I tell stories or write papers or uh, create visuals or do body language workshops, that sort of thing, I'm sending a message, right? So when you do your work, you're sending a message. That message is a particular language. It's the language of Susan and not another woman's language. Okay. So your clients who speak the language of Susan want to attend your sessions and want to communicate with you through their body movements and, and being healthy. So these other women who speak different languages simply need to recognize, you know, I speak whatever, let's not say any names, but let's say Mean Girl A. I speak Mean Girl A language and Susan Marshan speaks Susan Marshan language. And there's room for this messaging throughout the globe. You can speak your language. You don't have to attack someone else for speaking a different language. And that's exactly what's happening. That's a sign of insecurity on that girl's part, that woman's part, that person's part. You're just being too politically correct and super kind Mm -hmm. as you are, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to call it what it is. 
and those women are insecure and afraid that they're going to lose. They need to focus on building their own highest and best selves and then yes. sharing that person with their universe of listeners. Yes. Um, so yeah, it is a hard business and look, Baton Rouge is tough as it is. The South is yes, like no other place. We can be the nicest people on the world in the world, but you do me wrong and you are lucky if you're dead to me. You're lucky if you're dead to me. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I hear what you're saying in your sweet, sweet way. Um, but you know, those bitches better back off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I um, drank out of a, a mug this morning that had a picture of the iodine salt girl with the umbrella and yeah, the little Morton says, yes, yes. The, the board, the cup says, don't be a salty bitch. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of like, okay, I like this today. And this you know what, in the work that you do, there's so much to be said for the Eastern uh, philosophies that have given birth to these movements and one of those Eastern philosophies would be to um, keep your power. You know, don't give them your power. I mean, they're only mm. succeed. They're only succeeding at being bad, mean girls or, or bitches, right. if you want, if we allow them to. So we have to ignore and let roll off and let people judge based on our own treatment of them directly. And you, my friend, are very well loved and very, you know. Um, respected well respected so don't give them your power and if you can't I try not to yeah if you if you can't keep from giving them your power give me their number <laughs> okay i would love that down. i have something to talk to you this person uh, wants no. to talk to you yeah because no so, so what no I'm woman sorry. should behave that way we need to lift each other when you hurt one woman right. you hurt all women you know Right. And, and, you know, you've, you've really made me think about the way I do business and a lot of your Facebook posts, Susan, when you posted about empaths and how we feel and how we, yeah. how it, it causes us to do business and run our daily lives. And, you know, when, if you're, if you're that kind of person, you know how you feel about others and you, so I would assume that everybody feels the same way that I do. And that if I put 100% into somebody and try to help that person and really move them along, either, either um, as a friend or as a business mentor or whatever that may, that role may be, I'm always surprised when someone turns around and seems to not appreciate that or, well, Susan Marshan, you have a life's lesson right here, and I learned it the hard way, but let me tell you, um, it is expecting other people to treat you the way you treat them yeah. is like expecting the lion not to bite you just because you did not bite the lion, okay? Yeah. So, yeah, so let me tell you, um, empaths feel differently, and everyone, everyone projects, so that's a, that's a, um, what you're talking about right there is you're projecting your value system onto others expecting that they operate from the same value system as you and right. that is not the way life works and i am still learning that in some small way we call that um like for example let's say you and i agree that a policy in our company needs to change 
and you see me being very outspoken about it and ruffling some feathers and the executive committee is all hot and bothered that I'm speaking up and that at that point you decide you know look at how they're talking about Susan or I'm afraid Susan's going to lose her job so I certainly don't want to align with her even if you might agree this policy needs to change you sure. then go throw me under the bus and you tell I don't know what she's doing I don't know what she's talking so people do that all the time and it's operating from a place of fear okay so mm -hmm. when you when you have a person and in your case women in the industry who operate out of fear don't get sucked into their swirling vortex of fear rise above do you own your story and be the best susan marchand you can because i'll tell you what they will see how that positive energy attracts other people and how that positive energy helps this uh needle that we're trying to move you know create equity and fairness and not just yes. for women but for everyone that's what equity is i mean people often ask me susan we have 60 percent men and 40 percent women in x industry wouldn't you like to see it 60 percent women and for i said no that's not parity that's not equity i'm looking for equity i'm not looking for women to control men sure. no more than i'm looking for men to control women so you've got to remember people do silly things in, yes, they do. Uh, out of a place of fear and what you can do susan to change your own mind uh, as an empath we have to protect ourselves because we feel deeply mm -hmm. um, you have to pity that person yes so that's I've, that's the strategy i've learned that uh the hard way many times throughout yeah. my different careers and but it just makes me a stronger person and it makes me a better person and and i do try to understand where they're coming from and um if they're desperate enough to do something that is wrong or illegal or whatever it may be um unethical then that's on them and i just walk away I, I, sister. Try to, yeah try to take the high road and I know my own truth and I always say to whoever will listen, I'll say, I don't, it, it's, it's not my business what other people think about me. I know my own truth and I am going to live it as I see fit today. And I hope that's good enough for everybody else because it's good enough for me. And I'll tell you, that's one of life's major lessons is that other people's opinions of you is none of your business. You can only control what you can control. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, let the rest roll off. It, it does, it does, it does not create enemies, but it reveals enemies when you um, take on that as your way of thinking, which is a healthy way to think. Um, sure. So we have to have enemy, you know, the darkness is, is, is meaningful because it's what, you know, exposes the light. We wouldn't recognize the light if we didn't have that, that dichotomy. So, you know, very true. Thank, Thank goodness for the human condition, but let's all try to be our highest and best selves. And don't mess with my friend Susan Marchand. <laughs> well, we we've been lucky. We've been lucky that our business has survived competition and floods. And oh yeah, oh yeah, Louisiana. I mean, I'm yeah. from there. I know the yeah. locusts and the floods and the all the yeah, exactly. Yeah, now COVID. Yeah. yeah, police shootings. We had a, a couple of really bad months a few years ago with um, 
the Alton Sterling. Yeah, uh, my husband okay. sent a few of his officers down there to help. Really? And to, yeah, wow. attend the service. Yeah, it it's um, y'all are always in the news. I'll tell you what, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely keep track. Well, let me and ask you this. Um, so a lot of people don't know a lot of this about you, at least in my listeners, you know, my group of listeners. But um, the people who know you most probably know you well, because that's just how we are in the South. What you see yeah. is what you get. We're, you know, we're very open and we'll tell it like it is. But awesome. let me ask you something. Is there a surprising fact about you that, that you want to share? Well, sure. Um, it's not something I talk about often because it was a long time ago. But when I was in college, I was an LSU cheerleader. I and love it. I knew that. I love it. <laughs> I, I thought you probably did. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's a stereotype attached to that role. And I've gotten over worrying about that. And I, I will say this, it was the most fun I've ever had in my life. And I learned to love traveling through that and also through my parents. But I learned so much. Leadership, just yes, leadership skills right yeah. there. Yeah. Yes. So I, the I knew that. I, I the love that. <laughs> you it, what? It was amazing. I was the captain of the squad my junior year, and uh, we we went to Sugar Bowls. We went to Final Fours. We traveled with the teams, and I just had the best time. And it's probably why I had to go back to school after I graduated from LSU, honestly. But uh, I don't regret any, a single minute of that whatsoever. You know, I know so. a lot of, of um, not professional, but a lot of college cheerleaders, a lot of men and women, you know, male mm -hmm. and female. So y'all, right. um, I don't think people who listen to these often think about this. This is this is a discipline. This is, yeah. you know, you've got to manage your attention, not just your time to be able to do the, the practices, the workouts. It's gymnastics. It is leadership. It is uh, learning how to um, socialize and create a network that's meaningful, that lasts for a lifetime. It is, um, you know, so the, the people that I know, the people whom I know, I should say, who have been cheerleaders in college, um, they would all say that they got a huge um, boost or skill set boost from their time as cheerleaders. And folks, you may not realize this either. There are scholarships for that. I mean, this is, this is very yeah. serious for you to, and you have to maintain a certain grade point average to maintain your scholarship and to continue. So I very much respect that. Um, I'm not sure about those stereotypes. I think there's probably some insecure mean girls out there who probably pull that stuff out too. But again, I don't speak insecure mean girls, so I don't hear what they say. I'm like, you're, I can't understand what you're saying. You know, like if you're going to talk trash, you need to turn around right. and walk away. Right. But you're an incredible woman and you look like you did in college. You still look like you could wear that uniform. No way. No <laughs> so, way. Um, and you have a remarkable family. You know, there's something to be said about moms too. We get, we don't get the credit we deserve for, look, yeah, I'm a yeah. CEO of my family. I mean, let me tell you, I know some serious stuff about managing projects, managing people, yeah. managing timelines. And look, I learned a lot of that as being a good mom. And I also apply some of my business lessons from my time in the corporate world to being a good mom. So absolutely. Let's you're, managing, you're managing people. You're, you're exactly. 
your people are in your schedule. Not only do you have your work that you have to insert into your schedule, but you have your sons, your husbands, and then you have to consider what's for dinner. Right. Well, we, we share, look, I told my husband, kitchen or bedroom, what's it going to be? Before we got married, he chose, because <laughs> if he had chosen kitchen, I would not be his gal. I, I, I do cook. <laughs> I do cook, but I like I'm not that. good at it. <laughs> but I have managed That's to feed them. Right. Yeah, exactly. And They're well a lot of Yeah, nobody you're is good at a lot of starving. So yeah, I want to so. say real quick, um, how many kids do you have? Let's give them a shout out. And then we're going to close out the call. I've had so much fun on this and could have chatted with you all day. But let's give a shout Me out too. to your kids and your husband. And um, then we'll say our goodbyes. Okay, sounds good. I'm married to the greatest guy in the world. His name is Matt Marchand. And we've been married for 29 years. We dated for nine before we got married. And wow. He's the love of my life, and I'm lucky he puts up with me and vice versa, believe me. Uh, we have three daughters. We have Caroline, who will be 24 in May, and she lives in New York, but she's been here for the last five weeks. I'm very thankful for that. Yes. Uh, we, have, we have a daughter, Amelia, who's 21, and she is a junior at LSU, and we have a 19-year-old who went to school with James, your son, at St. Aloysius, and she is a freshman at Samford in Birmingham, and it has also been home for about five weeks. So we're all together. Um, Are you loving that? I'm I loving am, it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I think they're tired of us, but <laughs> that's normal. That's healthy. Yeah. I yeah. think it is. And and uh, but I am loving it. I, I feel very fortunate that they're home with us, so I at least know that they're safe and. And not being being exposed or exposing anyone else, and it's it's great. It's nice to see them as um, adults back home. Yes. I'm, look, I'm that mom that says, "No, no. Once you're gone, you're gone. I've given you what you need to fly free." You know, so um, I never expected to see him um, move back home. But it's nice. It's interesting to see him interact man to man with my husband, and right. to see you know he can cook his own steak for dinner. You know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I love you. You can tell that from this interview. I want to um, have you share with my listeners how to reach you. If people want to reach you, how can they do that? Well, first of all, love you too. Thank you so much for having me on your uh, podcast. I, I feel very honored and humbled that you invited me and I really appreciate it. Um, so you can reach me at through our website, which is yoglates2.com and that's Y-O-G-L-A-T-E-S, the number two.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Yoglates, same spelling with the number two. And that's where you can find uh, where to live stream our classes. And that's about that's it. Are awesome. You awesome. So folks. Yeah, if you didn't get to write that down, I'm going to include all the hyperlinks. So Susan's going to send me hyperlinks to her website, to the Facebook um, page, and her email, uh, and maybe LinkedIn. Those are, you know, I'll yeah. include those in the blogcast. And as all my listeners know, you can go to my website and you'll find all the blogcasts. I'll have her headshot, I'll have a ton of photos of her. Um, you know, doing what she does best, maybe some family photos so you can kind of get to know her, not just for her business, but 
her, the mom, her, the wife, her, the friend. And then we'll have her bio and all of her contact info. So you can get your yoga lotties on while you're stuck at home. <laughs> yes, indeed. We'd love to see you. All right. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. It was fun, Susan. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Bye, everybody. Mm -hmm.